All right, fellow fact checkers, we've got a brand new sponsor, and I am excited to promote this product. It's Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, Fox and Sons Coffee is a family-owned and operated small business selling whole bean, organically roasted, amazingly good coffee. On their website, Steve, the company's founder, describes how his love of coffee started with special Saturdays with his dad when he was growing up. Steve wants to share his love of coffee with you and the entrepreneurial spirit with his sons. Check out the website, foxnsons.com. And take a look at their best offer. A monthly subscription for three bags of coffee with free shipping for $38.89. Also, Steve's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He follows us on the morning after as well as here on Fact Check This Podcast. Steve is a great dude. Great company to support. So go check out Fox and Sons Coffee. And get your morning started off right with a bag of delicious Fox and Sons Coffee. Let's start the show. Tonight, we are going to get away from politics, generally speaking, and we're going to talk some sports ball. So, a little conversation in a group chat that we're all involved in got to talking about uh, how sports teams kind of look like what we would want society to look like, especially when they're working well. And we all had different examples, and we could tie it into... Football, soccer, basketball, baseball, a little bit of everything. So tonight, we're going to talk about how society kind of organizes itself around the structure of sports teams. So I've got Jonathan Hemingway, Carlos of Los Libertinos, and Trey is back with us as well. Jonathan hasn't been on the show before, so I'm going to let him introduce himself first, and then the others can introduce themselves, and then we will take it away. Hey guys, thanks Justin for having me on. Uh, my name is Jonathan Hemingway. Uh, I was a basketball coach at the high school level for 15 years and uh, got into running basketball camps and became a national evaluator full-time for about seven years. And today I am a full-time father and a part-time farmer. And I do uh, a little bit of uh, this and that. And I've been been reading a lot, uh, but I'm glad to be on the show talking sports and culture. Carlos? Uh, hey, what's up about those? Uh, yeah, man, thanks for uh, having me on. Um, I'm the host of uh, Los Libertinos podcast, and uh, I definitely uh, put uh, sports on the front foot on my show. Uh, it's something that I, uh, uh, you know, especially uh, football, football. And, uh, you know, my whole bid is that uh, I want Texas to win a World Cup before the United States does. So uh, uh, <laughs> I think that should, uh, you know, I, I built a stadium in my backyard. Uh, I'm all about this shit. I'm not playing around, even though I am playing around, but I'm not really playing around. But 
yeah, man. So uh, I include that in my show and I interview all kinds of people. And I always try to put that in the mix there if I can. And uh, I got a good one coming up uh, this Thursday with Daniel Coffin, where we were. This is the second time I've interviewed him, but uh, the second time we got into sports. And uh, so it was interesting to uh, uh, have a, a different take because, uh, yeah, you know, I have my normal sp- sports talk with the homies here. But uh, sometimes it's good to hear uh, some fresh takes that are different. So, uh, but so I, I'm I'm excited to be here too to get some uh, fresh takes too. If Carlos does not bring up either football or boxing in an episode, then there's probably something wrong. Yeah, something's going on. <laughs> Trey, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm Trey Trey Fifty Daniel. Uh, I run the Trey Fifty Daniel uh, YouTube and Twitch channel, uh, and then I also have a Trey uh, Trey Think Tank uh uh youtube channel that i that i do more politics stuff but i I like to cover both politics and gaming and uh some, some sometimes uh you know go mix the two together so uh that's that's kind of my stick so so i'm trying to think of the best way to kind of kick this off let's you just did of- you yeah, just I mean, thing kicking it off. I thought you already go, man. Yeah. Well, I meant the uh, the more the more nuanced conversation of, uh, around sports. Let's kind of t- take it from uh, what's going on right now with football. Football, like where do y'all draw kind of some societal parallels between American football and and the culture and society and kind of how you would want to see how we want to see that structured. And then we can take that and kind of branch off into the other sports as well. Well, I would say like, you know, I'm, I'm jumping and be the first one to say, I think that if you just look at American football right now, you can see that there's, um, there's some like devolving of the structure of, of how the sport is played now. Like there's, they're trying to engineer how the, the game is played a lot, you know, with, with all, all the different, you know, new adding new, uh, you know, penalties and adding, you know, different, uh, in, you know, infractions, depending on how, like, you know, the, the, the roughing the passer on, you know, Tom Brady is different from the roughing the passer, you know, I mean, that's, that could just be a missed call, but like, there's, there's definitely like a, a some perspective of, of some devolving of, of stuff where, you know, you see fights breaking out sometimes between teams and that, that would that would happen. But like I think it's happening. Like things are happening in a lot worse rate. Like the the engineers are trying to manage the game now, and it's not really just allowed to be played between two uh, very disciplined teams anymore. It's a lot of star players who are just uh, you know, they they're allowed to flaunt. You know, you have people like Sean Watson, uh, all these people beating their wives and everything, and yet they're still in the league, and it doesn't matter. Uh, but somebody like, you know, whether you think Tim Tebow was actually a good quarterback or not, I mean, they, I don't I don't think that he was given a shot just because of his uh, notoriety in, in that way. Um, those, those kind of things happening, I think, are to the detriment of the sport itself, like to just making making it more about discipline and team play in the sport should be the most like integral part of it. Until Peyton Manning came to Denver, uh, Tim Tebow won more playoff games than anybody they replaced him with. <laughs> yeah so uh my take is that uh because uh american football is so ingrained culturally from um you know for basically since probably after middle school you know you don't play in elementary but middle school and up and it has this um you know hierarchy style of uh the prom king is the quarterback and uh the prom queen is the cheerleader kind of style 
culturally, I think it's uh, probably not good for a society. Now, I have an agenda, so, you know, I'm saying that straight up, but I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that took a lot of head uh, damage uh, over the years that are probably uh, fathers, brothers, uh, you know, people we know that we don't even think about, like, shit, how, how much did they really get hit in the fucking head for that long without really, like, thinking, like, hey, man, you know, like you just said, Trey, uh, that dude's a wife beater. Whoa, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have brain damage to be your wife. I'm just saying, like, yeah, man, you probably, you know, you take a lot of hits. And uh, one of these lines that I've kind of uh, said uh, one time uh, was that I know uh, American football came out of the Ivy League schools and it was being started and played in like uh, a lot of these elite schools, high schools that all all these lineages of uh, presidents and stuff come out of. And and, you know, I don't know how much brain damage do they get to think that they can become the world empire and shit like that? I mean, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people that are physically probably uh, not well because of American football. Now, does that translate to like, Oh, it's a bad cultural thing. I don't know. I mean, um, I would tend to, I would tend to think a little bit. And then uh, on the sports side, you know, like uh, on Trey's uh, point was uh I would just say that the managers are just trying to manage profits, you know, so uh, you can just see that the protection of the of, of, of the high asset uh, players is uh, is understandable. You know, uh, again, uh, I have this bit about, you know, even before uh, when I first started dating my wife, I told her I was like, you know that I'm going to own a, a football team, right? Like a fourth or fifth division team in England. Right. That's 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 my shit. And uh, she's she always thought it was funny and just playing her like. Like, no, I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, right? So once that new show that Welcome to Wrexham came out, you know, uh, I kind of looked up how much a team costs, you know, and shit like that. So anyway, I got my number. She told me, put $10 million in the bank, and then we'll go shopping for a team or whatever. So, <laughs> like, uh, I know it sounds funny, man, but, like, man, no. like, you know, that shit, like, you know, that shit's my shit, Dude. you know? And um, and uh, so I just think that uh, 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 culturally American football is ingrained in, uh, is ingrained it, it's part of our of our dna but i don't know if necessarily it it has to be a good thing i know i know in sports in general you 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 tend to take uh, take out the good things like how learn how to win learn how to lose teammates uh uh the, the friendships you make for life in, in any in, on all sports but i just don't know if american football and all of the uh damage some people take uh is a good thing but that's kind of my take on that now I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check you a little bit since that is the name of the game here. Um, statistically speaking, uh, football or soccer attributes more head injuries or concussions. Than, yeah, than American football. Um, American football gets more put in the spotlight because it is such a generally more violent sport. But statistically speaking, it's a much much smaller pool, and so there are far less concussions that and head injuries that come from American football than um, actually from soccer or like global football itself. I think, I think actually, um, I know it's, I know it's in the I think top it's almost five, double. It's almost but yeah, double. like American football statistically doesn't rank. Um, I think it's only in the top five, like sports wise. You think, don't think uh, that's from the powers that be that might, when I'm saying powers that be, I mean like that the narrative right now that I heard you say, Justin is like, I didn't really say concussions. I said head trauma. Well, I said head so, trauma. So, so there, yeah. But there's a consistent head trauma, you know, as even though if you, even if you try to tackle the right way and shit like that, I mean, you're still, you know, you know, I played it. I'm short. I played it. 
Yeah, you get hit, man. You get hit. You know, you you know, you get hit. You know, you there's probably people that weren't that have injuries that carry injuries still from all that. And some of it is head trauma, some of it is other stuff. You know, people go into like hard labor and they're always wondering, like, oh, why I have this pain in my yeah, it's probably because you got one fucking chingazo back in middle school you don't even remember and you've been carrying that one for life, you know? So um yeah, I mean, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. They uh for sure. I I've heard that before. Um I don't uh uh, I don't know. I guess I uh, would just uh, uh, I understand what you're saying. I don't know if it's uh, that prominent. And and uh, I have multiple scars from football. I never spent a single day in the hospital because of football. I played one game of soccer and spent three days in the hospital with a collapsed lung. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just saying I, mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong <laughs> that people don't get hurt from the sport. It's just that I think they do. I think that there is like you know, uh, like, uh, they are getting hit, you know, and, you know, and not everybody can take it. There's some that can, you know, I mean, you know, you can tell who can and cannot, but, uh, over, uh, from middle well, school, that's like, uh, to... Andrew Luck, like he quit he, in the prime of his career. He quit because he, he did not want to put his continue to put his body through that. And Smart like, yeah, some people, some people acknowledge that they can't and are willing to walk away. Well, if, ahead, if I can, yeah, if I can jump in here, uh, I think a good way to frame this conversation is, is that sports is really, uh, it provides a reflection upon our culture. It, it is, it is not so much that, um, you know, culture, sh well, you know, culture may shape sports in, in a way or, but sports doesn't really shape our culture. It's, it's really, it's really a reflection. And so what I see, uh, particularly with the NFL right now is that, um, you know, first of all, it's very democratized. Okay, uh, sure, there is a commissioner, Roger Goodell, uh, but you know he does not act like a monarch. He does not act like uh, a lot of people will accuse him of of being this kind of authoritative uh, dictator or something. But but really, he he manages or he he makes rulings based upon public opinion. Okay, and that, and that's really what is uh, uh, bothersome to me about. Uh, we, we mentioned the word narrative. Okay. Narrative is merely just a story. Now, how much of that story is backed or based upon fact, as you know, when we begin to talk about politics, it doesn't matter, you know, how much, uh, of the story is based in actual truth. If you can find one instance of, you know, whether it's uh, gun violence, um, you know, which leads to, you know, people saying, well, we'd have, we've got to take up all of the guns or, you know, in sports, well, this guy gets a concussion. So therefore, you know, there, I, the, the ironic thing about uh, football, American football and the NFL right now is, is that the people that are so outraged about concussions, I don't really hear um, necessarily, um, I, I don't hear from them a, a good alternative. You know, it's 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 really just outrage and kind of this this self-defeating, you know, thing of, well, you know, the uh, the NFL is just driven by profits and these these selfish coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Um, meanwhile, it's the very people that are on ESPN uh, or, you know, uh, Fox Sports that are complaining about all of this. And 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 they're very uh, uh, they're, the revenue from these channels are generated by these. Uh, you know, by these NFL games. So um, that, that's what I see is that it is 
the game has become very democratized. It, it is driven by the media and media outrage. And I think that we can. Well, and uh, the that, players association, like, yeah, you know, yes. remember, like, cause they're, they're, they're a union and they have to, they have to lobby for, for whatever, you know, and that's, that's the whole point that they were going to like the player association is doing the lobbying with the media at, at mm. their back. And then right. they're saying, then then they're going to the to media and saying, "Hey, look, you know, all, all our players are getting concussions. You know, it's like Tua had these, you know, back to back concussions, basically. So, like, we need something done. Like, we need action. And honestly, cathedral I, I, action right here, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, you know, like, it's it, it is like a it's not a conspiracy, but it basically is a conspiracy yeah. that they're they're doing these things to try to like you, you know, e- even with the Tua situation. So, like, okay." He, he might have been like he might end up being fine after all this right like it, and it may have just been something and, and it may be the you know we we can't talk about you know the the things that they the procedure that they've had to have over the last couple of years that could be affecting them even more negatively uh so, so we can't necessarily talk about that but that could be a factor and they don't want to, they don't want to talk about this so it's much easier to talk about a concussion and so it, it's 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 something that's already in people's minds it's something that they can already harp on. And that the players association can go to the media and say, "Look, we need something done about this." Uh, but, but I guess getting back to like what it, what an actual discussion of this is like as far as in relates to society, like it, it, you know, sports relating to society and the culture. Um, it, it there there are both good good things and bad things about the new ways that sports are. are I, I like some things that are better about sports now, uh, and that there are other things that wor- that are worse. Uh, so one of the good things that that I really like, uh, I, I've watched uh, this this guy called Trevor Power. Uh, he you know he got in trouble a couple years uh, mm-hmm. a year or two ago. I don't know if you know heard, you heard of him, uh, but yeah, he he was a pro pitcher. Uh, he, he fantastic pitcher. Uh, you know blew, blew the ball by people, but he got there because he literally studied every uh, possible way to to you know he refine his pitching. Uh, you know his his form, his delivery everything he, he studied it down to his science and it, he you know he kept working on that but the the cool thing about him was that he started doing these uh, if you watch some of his videos it's really cool because he he would do things after uh pitching so like he strikes somebody out and then he acts like he's putting the sword in like in their side he, you, know, you can see him he does this little motion like he's 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 putting the sword in the, like stabbing him in the side uh and, and so that that kind of stuff is cool i like i like uh, you know, celebration, uh, embracing the sport and making it fun again, like that, because that's what we should do. Like, you know, you know, even adults and children, like if this is sport, have fun with it. Right. I, I don't I don't want it to be so uh, corporate. Uh, and I think that's that's a uh, part of the problem with with a lot of the sport. But also um, the, the other problem that I see in our society, is, you know, other than that, we can't have fun like you can't there's you know, NFL is called the no fun league uh, for, for a reason. Um, but other than you can't have fun in the sport, also uh, the, the structure, you know, like I said, they have they don't have the structure to where the players aren't just allowed to act a fool. Like all, you know, e- even though I like AI and I like Allen Iverson, you know, him saying t- talk about practice, like I don't gotta go to practice, you know, whatever. Like this, that whole mentality and that kind of stuff translating to to broader uh, broadening broadening across the sport is is definitely a detriment and a sign of what society is going to be like when you say when you have players saying what let's what we're talking about practice i don't have to go to practice like like that that kind of stuff is a a symptom uh, you know of what society is, is going to and what you know you can 
like that direction to say, hey, maximum freedom. He shouldn't have to practice if he if he's good enough. Okay, that, that's your that's your opinion. But that definitely is a sign and a symptom of, of what the culture is going to do at bro- at a broader scale. Like well, if you have the- players, yeah, that that's that's what I'm getting at, is like those kind of things. You know, LeBron's. You know, LeBron doesn't necessarily have to go to practice if he doesn't want to, uh, because he's he's superstar. No one no one will care. Um, he'll take the fine. It, it, none of that matters to them. They can they can they can skirt all these lines of, of what would be discipline in the sport, and uh, you know, just go about their business. As you well, that takes us to a word that Carlos had used in hierarchy, and every sport has it regardless of what sports you're playing there is always this sort of unspoken hierarchy within the team uh you know like since we've been talking about football quarterback is always the most important thing right like that's he's put on the top of the pedestal every single time but then the thing that you start to look at and like like you talked about ai ai may have been the best scorer just flat out put the ball in the hole score the nba has ever behind kobe behind kobe (laughs) i mean arguably but he never won a championship he only made he only made it to one championship his team was uh like good at best most years that they had the one championship run but other than that they were always just a good team when that's what's leading you that's kind of what you get and so that's that's where that's where I was kind of waiting for this conversation to start to go. It was like you you can have the the pinnacle quarterback that is the the best you've ever seen, but if you don't have all those pieces around him, like there are there are ten other pieces on the field just to make him successful. And then once he's off the field, I I was thinking about this earlier. Like look at Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford put up four thousand yard passing years multiple times while he was in Detroit. He put up gaudy, massive offensive numbers. He and Calvin Johnson, just year in and year out, would light up scoreboards. And they were a perennial basement dweller because the other side of the ball couldn't stop anybody ever. Like, so, so you know, when you look at sports, you have that hierarchy. You have the, the ones who are at the top, and then it kind of filters down. But, but sports functions in the way that we would – like to see society function in that if you don't have everybody through that tree actually doing their job then it doesn't matter how good the guy at the top is because if you, if you don't oh. have that support structure it falls apart i mean look at look at the golden state warriors like i, I like steph curry is great okay I, I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna discount like what what quality of player steph curry is but he is i i, I, even, I like i don't like lebron but he is nowhere near the caliber of player that LeBron is. You don't you don't have him capable of exploding to the rim at any moment. You don't have him capable like he doesn't have all the tools available to him. Like he's mostly a three point shooter. That is that is his primary role and function, uh, and he can pass well. And those are his two primary functions: uh, shooting, and passing. Like he can't he can't maneuver to the basket as well. He, he's he's not you know he he doesn't have the strength to be able to finish. Uh, he, he doesn't have a lot of those tools, but whenever you have other players that are part of that team, part of that squad that can fill that gap and that whole unit of, of, of golden state warriors basketball team is, is cohesive enough 
they can beat LeBron and whoever, whatever other big three superstars that they have on on the Lakers team or whatever. Uh, they can stomp them like uh, you know, like forty points, like beat them by forty points, no matter no matter what. Just because they're more a more cohesive unit, because Steph Curry knows he's going to pass the ball, he's going to shoot threes, he might get a layup every now and then. That's that's about it. But he's not trying to be the big guy. He's not trying to do any of the other things that LeBron has to do. LeBron has to be a presence in, at the rim. He has to be he has to be uh, the the point guard sometimes. He has to be at all. Like you know, LeBron has to take over more of the roles, and as such, he always ends up bearing more of the brunt of, of the the responsibility when they lose. I, I think I think the point here is is that in order for you to win a championship, you you've got to have one of the best, particularly in basketball now. And and Carlos, you can speak to soccer uh, more so than 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 I ever could. But in basketball, like you, you're going to need one of the probably top seven to eight players in the league um, year in, year out in order for you to uh, be in the championship discussion. And then on top of that, you're probably going to need at least like one uh, and probably two other all-stars uh, to uh, surround that, um, you know, that top 10 player, uh, so to speak. So, so basketball is, is very um, uh, star, star dependent. Um, but that's not to say that it's, you know, entirely an individual game. And I, I think that's kind of the, the interplay here that we're, that we're trying to discuss is, you know, is it entirely individual or is it entirely collective? And I think um, the, the beauty of basketball is that uh, there, there is this, this weaving of, of both star power and uh, uh, collective cohesion. Yeah, and uh, earlier, uh, Justin, when I had brought up the hierarchy, I had brought it up uh, in terms of like how American football uh, is, I guess, how would you say, like romanticized, right, of the king and queen in high school. So like it's kind of like that. And uh, and it just keeps going. But to me, uh, I don't know if in American football, it always has to be the quarterback to me, but but to me, it's like the captain, whoever the captain of a team is, is the chingon, right? I mean, he's the one that's everybody's going to, you know, go, you know, go down with the ship with, you know, you know, whatever the captain is. And um, uh, so I don't know in American, I'm, I'm assuming they have multiple captains, I guess. Um, in, in soccer, there's always one on the field, the one that wears the band, you know, uh, I don't know how it is in basketball, but I'm assuming there's probably multiple captains and stuff. But um, the reason too on the hierarchy part, I, uh, I bring that up for then the other side of my bit, which is like boxing, right? So like, if you want to just have the hierarchies fight each other, then you watch the sport of Kings, right? Then you just watch two motherfuckers go at it. And then there is no more, even though there is, I, I understand Justin, the team, the corner, the, 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 all of the fight promote, all of that stuff is part of the management to get you to that point. But when, when you're inside the ring, it's war, it's war. You know, I, I say that, uh, that boxing is the, what I say, uh, boxing is the act of, uh, two sovereigns asking the state permission to kill each other without consequence. So you're, you know, when you go ask the, the state permission to kill the other guy, of course, there's these rules, right? The state's going to manage, right? You said, Trey, manage the rules to make sure nobody really gets injured. But, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, kill each other, you know, in that ring. So, you know, uh, I tend to just stay in mostly in the realms of uh, soccer, because I think that's uh, also like the, the, the sport of Kings as teams and the team format and then boxing. But culturally i do like that uh so this is culture right like now like 
the the influences of uh, Latinos coming into the channels. I mean, you'll see some of these ratings on a lot of these like uh, Liga MX and all that stuff, like doing better ratings than a lot of uh, uh, of the of the of the normal sports that you would that that, that America. I think that's good. I think that that uh, is good for uh, in all for the American culture. I think it's good uh, that. Uh, there's more uh, uh, football uh, uh, influences uh, from the Latinos from the Latino side or from the Premier League side or the European side, and all of that mixing is going to be good for society. I think because uh, and in football, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, fairness involved, and I know sometimes it kind of gets a bad rap, like oh, it's a soft sport and all that. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, you know, you got a collapsed lung, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's not that soft, you know, so uh, but, <laughs> but but I think culturally, it's good that that football football is getting is, is starting to, to go to, to, to get a hold. And especially with the World Cup coming in uh, 2026 here. Um, I, I say that too, like, you know, we were, I don't know, if, I'm, I'm sure you guys know all that stuff, like all oh, the new world orders coming at old school Alex Jones shit. Hey, the New World Order came in the form of the 2026 World Cup, right? Canada, United States, and Mexico are co-hosting the World Cup. Anybody's against immigration? Let me tell you, man, there's going to be chingles of motherfuckers are going to come on visas, and they ain't leaving, okay? So you want, you you know, hey, football is life, man. I'm telling you guys, right? I'm telling you right now. So, you know, that, to me, football is a pace setter in life for culture. Uh, around the world, it mostly is. It's not here yet, but it will be. And, uh, you know, I'm 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 calling it early, and I want to be a part of that in the uh, in the early side of it. You know, sounds Jonathan, like globalization so, to me, Carlos. Jonathan <laughs> mentioned uh, Jonathan mentioned something that I wanted to tie into the the larger scope of this conversation. He talked about how, like with basketball specifically, but also, you know, I talked about the quarterback in football. Um, we had talked Trey had talked about the the really good pitcher in baseball. I'm not sure what the position would be in in soccer or football exactly, but I I know like uh, everybody knows like Messi and and Ronaldo, Ronaldo like the you know the star players like you know that dude who is the absolute like alpha dog player. So there is an interesting blend of like you have to have that you have to have that alpha right. You have to have that guy that sits on the that sits at the top. But then you also have to have the people that play the other roles. Like in basketball, you've got to have a rim protector. You've got to have somebody that's, you know, that can lock down the paint. You've got to have that guy that, you know, that can pass the ball. The guys who set good screens, like help other people get open. Like you have to have people who do these different jobs. In football, it it is truly a like if I was a I was a defensive player primarily. Um, I was a wide receiver and a safety and safety is where, where I really was good for a defense to work. Well, everybody has to go where they're supposed to go. Everybody has to know their job and do their job. And if somebody won't do their job, then the whole thing breaks down. Uh, we had a game that uh, we were playing against a team that had a running quarterback and the sole purpose of the corner was to step up and set the corner and force the quarterback when he Inside, would roll out, right. when he would roll outside, the corner had to step up and force him to turn back so that we had linebackers cover linebacker coverage in the middle of the field. And the corner kept getting blown up by the, a pulling guard. And so he just started backing out and wouldn't do it. 
And then, so then the quarterback is getting to the sideline every time. So they pull me from safety and make me go play corner so that I can stand out there and get blown up every time by the guard. <laughs> and I was like, why am I out here getting blown up by this guard every single time? And because I, you know, that's my job. So I'm going to do it, but I, I don't like doing it. And my coach said, you have to step up and get blown up by that guard because it forces the quarterback to turn back to the middle of the field where we can cover him. Like everybody has to do a job. And sometimes your job is just to get run the fuck over by some dude that outweighs you by 150 pounds. But like, you know, everybody has a job to do. And, and we're seeing a breakdown of that in society where in sports, you know, everybody has their job. And for the, for the unit to function properly, you have to do your job. If somebody misses a block, the quarterback's getting sacked, right? In society, everybody has that job. Like we're, we are all equal, even though we are not equal. Like we are all, we all have equal importance in society, but some people are up here and some people are down here, but that doesn't change how important they are to the function of society. Same as the, you know, the left guard is arguably just as important as that quarterback, because if he doesn't get his block, that quarterback's eating shit all night long. (laughs) <laughs> so let's, I wanted to kind of, t- that's kind of the direction I wanted to take it is how are we seeing not only the breakdown of society, but in modern organized sports, we're seeing a breakdown of that, that organized structure as well. That you're seeing it more and more, especially at the professional level, but it's starting to trickle down even into uh, like, like even at the junior high level. Now my son played junior high football a few years ago and the coaches put very little emphasis on teaching all of the players how to play their role and just focused on like a quarterback and two receivers and tried to like play air raid ball. I'm like, this is the worst fucking coaching I've ever seen in my life. If this is what they're doing at the high school level, I really don't want my son to play. Um, But but isn't it then that it's not the, then it is the coaches or the managers. I mean, uh, to me, when I watch uh, football or, or even like, uh, like, like, you know, over here in Texas Cowboys, right you know, uh, the ownership and the general man, it's, they're just having fun. They're owners and they get to do that. They, they haven't hired the best people and the best people to do the, the general management of the, of the, of the Cowboys or whatever team, like they think they can do it. And so that's their shit. That's their team. You know, you can't do that. Like in, um, in, in, in world football or even like in basketball too. Like I always remember that my dad would say, Oh, it's, it's, why do they fire the coaches? It's the it's the players. And 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 when I was younger, I would have okay. That just seemed like okay. Yeah, that's right. But as, as I got older, and you start taking leadership roles, or you know, in, in in business and different things, and yeah, it's it's about who can manage egos and and of uh, professionals, and that has a bigger role than probably the captain or the. Oh, there's definitely some tension. Of course, you know, LeBron or these players, or de- depending on what sport, they're going to have a lot of leverage over who they're, the coaches or uh, whatever. But, uh, I would but you're still that playing that- into the, you're still playing into the point that I'm making because like we're seeing that breakdown in the athletic level, the same way that we're seeing it in the societal level. And it's easy to look at, at on the sportings, on the sporting level and say, yeah, like the coaches or the managers, the GMs, the league, you know, the, the league it's what's pushing this what's doing it societally why is why are we seeing that same parallel between the breakdown of hierarchies in sports and the breakdown of hierarchies in 
actual society in our day-to-day lives. Let's look at uh, some specific examples. Uh, Let's let's look at the Brooklyn Nets and their offseason and all of their dysfunction, okay? Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, didn't play all of last year, and and I actually agree agree with him. But uh, uh, Kevin Durant came out and said, you know what? I'm not coming back and I'm not playing for the Nets unless you get rid of the coach, Steve Nash, uh, and the general manager who I believe, uh, Bobby Marks. And they're just, they're ready to do it. Like they, yeah, they're yeah. willing and ready. They're, they're just well, like, okay, if we, if we can, if we can keep Katie, like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. But as, we'll as, it turned, as it turned out, they didn't end up firing the coach and the GM, but, but it, what, but what it did communicate here is, is that, okay. Uh, not just that, but, uh, we, we've also seen these superstars, uh, manipulate trades and basically say, I want to go play over there, you know, with, with this play, uh, with this player and the GMs basically then have to, you know, manage, uh, the, the salary caps and so forth. So the point of all of this is, is that what, what we are seeing here is, is that, uh, there is a breakdown of hierarchy. Okay. The, the, the managers, the coaches, the front offices, uh, often are not really, they are in control, but they have to uh, cater to the wishes uh, of of these uh, of these star players. And so the the question now becomes: Well, is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? You know, on one hand, you could say, well, it's the players that are generating all of the revenue. Uh, it's Kevin Durant that makes uh, the Nets, uh, you know, competitive each year. You know, why should he not have, uh, you know, this type of of say so? And so. To, to answer your question, Justin, you know, how does this mirror or reflect, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, our, our American culture today? And, and what I would say is, is that uh, we are seeing definitely a widening gap of, of rich, and, rich and poor, you know, the elimination of the middle class. Um, you know, those who have, have a lot, and those who do not, uh, do not have, have, uh, you know, very little. And, and the same, I think, is is uh, becoming true, you know, in in sports, particularly uh, with with players. Now, this analogy is not perfect, but I, I I think that you can see, you know, where it is, and I'm going here, you know, with this, which is, you know, the people or the players that have power, they have all of the power, and they have all of the say so. Yeah, and I think I think this is uh this is I I had a direct experience with this I I, I believe during my you know tenure like playing high school basketball. Um, because what we would have is we had our hierarchy, you know, of, of, of players who, you know, you know, seniors would get, would get to play, uh, you know, they would be starting and, and prior to that, you know, like it, it would be you know, structured in a certain way. Seniors get to, you know, get to start. And then, you know, they would be, uh, they'd be given the time that they, they deserve to be, you know, they've worked their way through the system. They'll, they'll play as starters. Uh, and then, you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a good a good player who's a sophomore or you know junior then you can you can be on that team and then you'll get subbed in and you'll you know there, there was a sort of rotational structure there to that but it seems like uh with with the my coach in high school he usurped all of that by, by basically just saying uh you know the football stars because everybody will actually come and watch the foot uh, the ba- basketball games because of the football stars he decided that those football stars just automatically usurp the 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 basketball players. The you know I played basketball and I ran cross country and track, and I stayed in there. I was in the gym all of the time. Uh, you know even 
um, the the janitor after after I left the high school. He, he you know I came back one time and I, I you know, he he talked to me. He said, hey, you know you you know you you were you were good you know you were a good player. Like I I don't know why coach didn't you know like he didn't never play me. Uh, he he literally put me on the, on the court one time. I missed one layup and uh, I was gone. But the 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 hierarchy was very different for for how the uh, you know this this other freshman uh, quarterback or whatever comes out here at, from the football team and now he can uh, he can just do whatever he wants. Like he can miss thirty shots. Uh, he he had he had no, he had free reign. You know the coach let him do whatever, say whatever, swear swear at everybody. Uh, you know punch other people. And he had he had ultimate free reign because of the way that that coach coached. Do you know how many games we won? Virtual, I, very few, very few. Uh, that that's how many. Like I, I, I think, I think maybe we got ten wins out of a, a fifty game season, or whatever. So, like, so, so are you are you agreeing with me from uh, a little while ago that football culture isn't that good? That the coach that your coach still felt the the weight of that culture of of American football of having to look at those players as hierarchy just because what just because they play American football it wasn't right it wasn't I right mean, I mean that's part of it but but I th I think it was more of uh he was looking at it from a like okay numbers perspective how how like how much he he was very much calculated on based on you know how much did you donate and suck up to the coach uh if you donated and you sucked up to him that got you higher in the hierarchy it was not about there, there was no metric of of how how you meritocracy perform. yeah there was no meritocracy and this is you know I, I posted a tweet the other day we don't live in a meritocracy merit meritocratic society anymore like if you can market yourself as a good player like if you can if you could show yourself a highlight reel of, of you being you know a, a, incredible at, at playing and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, get that sent off to a college. I guarantee that it doesn't matter like how what low level school. If you had you know awesome plays, you're and you market yourself well, and you you have this whole thing social media presence. Um, you know, there was even this movie that I just watched the other night called Hustler. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen that. It's on Netflix. Um, the the guy just he gets on an NBA team, and, it, and it, you know, I like the story generally speaking, but he's he gets on. Uh, social media and he's showing how he's you know dunking over people uh, you know doing all this stuff on social media and then he's able to get into the NBA draft uh, but it, it that's what I'm saying is it's no longer a meritocracy you don't have to go through any systems you don't have to you don't have to do put in the work because um, all these football players like like in the system that I was talking about in my high school basketball they would come in there they would have two weeks of practice uh, we'd already had been practicing for uh, three two to three weeks ourselves We'd already had, we'd already done through everything, been through everything. We were already, you know, following all this stuff, but they would come in there. You know, most of them wouldn't be able to do the drills. They can't keep up. Uh, you know, we, we do, you know, do sprints across the court. They can't keep up. They're slow as molasses. And then all of a sudden they're in the starting lineup. They're, they're out there. And then, you know, like, okay, well now we're going to go th throw them out there and, and let them play. He was a terrible coach for this. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like he, he was running it like many of the coaches that I think run it in America now, that they view it as, okay, can I get a star? Can I get the marketable like revenue from the, from the players who everybody knows, you know, like, especially if they're in uh, the, the bas the, on both the basketball and the football team, um, you know, basically that way ensure this sort of revenue source, ensure that we have the star players and pull everybody that we can. And that's, that's, it doesn't matter whether they're good or not. 
it, it that's just the hierarchy is is revenue and and star power i do remember this one uh video where uh coach pop uh went to europe to do a uh a uh, a class uh for uh european coaches and uh, i watch it every once in a while when i'm all fucked up i'll go watch it just to go see what's up because um even though like uh we're speaking of like the breakdown of culture like when i hear the breakdown of culture for somebody that thinks like being on the front foot right like uh, whether it's in boxing or soccer right um uh, I'm thinking there's an opportunity for people that want to build an organization that's going to easily be better than most of them because if culture is breaking down over there, well, then you're going to race to the top faster. So like in that video, he's basically telling all these coaches, all these coaches like, hey, you know what? I'm not here to tell you the X's and O's. You guys know all that shit. I'm not here. To, I'm, ter- I'm telling you here how you build an organization and you do with people of character, people that are coachable, people that are uh, people that are willing to 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 see that where the superstar or everybody or uh, sees the superstar just like the other people. He goes, you you build that type of culture in your organization, then all the X's and O's come alive. You know, they come alive as, as the way they look on the board. They're gonna come alive on the on, on the on the court. So um, uh, that was yeah. always a nice thing with with Pop was Tim Duncan said it regularly. He knew he was gonna get yelled at for fucking up just the same way as the fifteenth guy on the bench, like. It, it was he had that culture of there were there was a very real hierarchy of who was you know of importance as far as what everybody did in terms of their role on the team but at the same time you had that guy at the very top the one who was running it and everybody was equal uh, it was it was a it is a true organization of equality whether you are the Tim Duncan or the 15th guy on the bench, you are all to some extent the same under, under that leadership. And the, um, the hierarchy is the, is the idea of integrity and, and character of the person. You know, that is the hierarchy. Uh, the, the, the people that manage it, that's just, you know, they need to create a culture and a system and then the system starts running itself, you know, and then you try to influence other coaches. You know, I know Jonathan knows how, much pop has influenced the league through the way that he's done the coaching and and, and probably anybody that runs through the Spurs organization understands that. And then he's creating a culture beyond the Spurs, you know? So he's trying to, he's basically trying to, you know, uh, influence all of the NBA in that way. But anyway, but yeah, that's, that's coach pop. You know, I got, I had a front, you know, uh, we so, saw so that before, you know, I, I heard this uh, story uh, a while back when I was, um, I guess you could say training to be a coach. I was learning to be a coach. I was doing a lot of reading, going to coaching clinics. And I remember the story uh, about John Wooden, uh, the legendary coach at uh, UCLA. And um, one, one of those years he had um, Bill Walton, you know, on his team. And, and Bill uh, was famous for having bad knees. And, you know, it would get, you know, in the middle of the season and he would, he would miss practice. He would go right to the training table. Uh, you know, after school and he would, uh, he would get treatment and, you know, there would be ice, you know, ice his knees and, you know, wh- whatever, whatever it was. And, and uh, once he, he got the question, I don't know if it was from a player or maybe from an outside person, you know, because, you know, Wooden was, was real bad, real big on uh, some of the things that we're, you know, talking right here, talking about right here, which is, 
if, if you get a chance to, uh, you know, Google pyramid of success, um, it's, it's one of the most uh, famous things that any basketball coaches is put together. And, and he talks about all these traits and virtues, you know, that are necessary for a successful team to happen. But anyhow, uh, the question was, you know, how is it fair, you know, that Bill Walton, you know, star player, you know, All-American everything, he doesn't have to go to practice, but yet, you know, his backup has to, you know, run sprints and, you know, and everything. And, and Wooden responded, he said, we don't treat everybody equally, but we treat them fairly. Okay. And I, and I think that that's a really uh, important point right here when we're talking about, um, when we're talking about a society, when we're talking about a culture, if, if we are trying to treat everyone equally, there, <laughs> there is going to be, um, there's going to be unfairness. Okay. Uh, it's, it's actually well, going to create, it's going to create more harm than it is good. But I, I think that any good culture, any good society, any good team will focus upon fairness and fairness is not always equality. Yeah. Well, I think like, uh, you know, even between, you know, like, my, you know, my family or your family, like I'm, I'm going to choose my family over, you know, like you and your family, like that, mm -hmm. that's that, you know, we're treating each other differently that's that's unequal like these these things are going to be fundamentally unequal in, in our treatment of you know each other person uh and, and you have to mitigate all of that and and that's sort of where i think that some of the coaching uh has failed in, in a lot of uh, especially in youth sports uh a lot of the youth sports i think that, that the coaching fails because they treat it uh they, they don't they they treat it unequally but it's not in the in the way that they should uh mm -hmm. so like you know, like, like you were saying, you know, Bill Walton is a star player, you know, yes, he, sh he should have a little bit prefer preferential treatment, but it's much more weighted on now about a, like a nepotistic society. And, and that's, that's what, uh, you know, in my tweet, uh, I, I said, you know, instead of meritocracy, now we're having a, a nepotistic society, which is labeling itself as a meritocratic society. Like, Oh, I got here because I was, I was good, but, I, it was really because, you know, your your dad knew the coach and, you know, sucked up to the coach and, you know, went in the back alley with him. And then all of a sudden now, now you're going to be the starter on, on the team. Um, and that that's sort of where we're at now with with this sort of coaching. And, and that's why, you know, coaches, coaches, kids is, is a sort of thing, you know, like pe people will become coaches uh, so that their kid can be the starter, be the star. Uh, and then they, they don't have the same obligation to the other players to to uplift them and and teach them and try to drive them to be developmentally good at the sport and develop the discipline they need in their life yeah at every level the coaching part is different right like um you know when you're you know, when you say kids you know i mean they're kids right i mean but yes it is not good for the parent to favor the the kid but also, you know, you like uh, my nephew plays in a flag football team and, you know, he sucks, you know, I mean, he's just playing around, you know, he's just, he'd rather go gaming and shit, but uh, yeah, the, 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 the head coach is the, the, the kid is the quarterback, right? So then you can tell that you can just tell that that is in there. I don't know if it's bad or not. I guess if, when they take advantage of it, I know that when I, um and, and when I say every coach, every coach has a different responsibility for what they're doing. Like when I had my beer league teams, uh, uh, it didn't take me long just because I was outspoken when before I would take over a team. Like uh, if I went in as a non, just like as a player automatically, just because I was vocal on the, on the field, 
they would just kind of say, oh, hey, man, you want to be the mat? You want to just uh, have the team? And then I would have the team. And and I just remember everybody. But at that time, to be a manager for a beer league, it wasn't about for me for winning. It was about everybody that showed up should at least get to play some time to have fun for showing up and stuff like that. So my responsibility as a leader of the team wasn't necessarily to win. It was about making sure that anybody that is leaving their family or friends or waking up on a, on a Sunday, all crudo, all fucked up, you know, hung over, that they're going to get some time to at least sweat it out, you know, or to play and all that. I remember a lot of these guys, you know, they'll, they'll come up to me and, you know, they're grown men and I was younger, I was younger than them. And man, you're doing a real good job. You know, you, you know, you know, we like, uh, and it got to a point where like on the second or third season, because they respected me, I gained their respect for then I was then able to start actually doing the X's and O's and the strategic and a little bit of that, you know, and we made the playoffs. Man, that felt good, you know, uh, but I, it wasn't about that. That stuff came easier and later. So again, man, I don't know. It's probably about a little bit about the character of the person, even the person that is the, even if they're given that responsibility to be the manager, if, if, if they don't, uh, you know, if they don't have some leadership qualities a little bit, you know, or when people are given leadership qualities, when maybe they're not ready for that, or or uh, maybe that's where the breakdown comes down a little bit. I mean, I don't know, Justin. Like, I, mean, I know you're talking about the breakdown. Maybe the breakdown is that there's people giving leadership roles when they not that, that's not part of their nature, you know. And uh, to me, shit, you give me a leadership role, man, I'll, I'll fucking roll. I thought you mean, you know, you know, it doesn't mean that I I want it or whatever. It just comes easy for me to see the organization and who had, who needs to do this to do that so we can all be successful and shit like that. And then, Hey, the Christmas party, we're all going to fucking party, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know, you know, so it just comes easy to me, you know, but not for everybody. And then people fuck it up and then there you go. And then there you go. You know, I remember my first experience with seeing things breaking down on like the, the coach's kid type of things or the, like the parents who are the most vocal type of things. I was, it was the summer between my, junior and senior year of high school and i was at the gym every day uh i was i was going to be a good basketball player <laughs> whether my body wanted to cooperate with me or not i was going to will it into it and um and because i was at the gym every day they had a fourth fifth and sixth grade basketball league that was going on and one of the guys who was coaching his work schedule got changed and he asked if i would pick up his team for him and coach it because I was always there. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like that's, that's fine. Plus these are the kids who are going to be going into the junior high program at our school. Like these are going to be the next kids who are coming up into the high school program in a few years. And I know the junior high coaches, I know what they expect from their players. So we're going to run a similar type of a program and we're going to try to, I'm going to try to prep these fourth, fifth and sixth graders to be ready for junior high ball so that they learn junior high ball and they're ready for high school ball. Right. Well, the other, coaches there was one that he had like the stud star player in the league and they just did whatever that kid wanted there was another one that his son was the point guard and so he just run his point guard or let his son like run wild i had a kid that as a sixth grader he had played on the eighth grade team the year before and he was a good player he would not he would not get with the program he would not do what i said so i put his ass on the bench and i said you're gonna sit here until you decide you want to play our game. And next rotation, the kids came and went, and I put all the other ones in, and he sat right there. And the next rotation came and went, and he sat right there. And his whole family is screaming and cussing me out because I won't put him in. And finally, as I walked by, 
he he reached out and he grabbed my shorts and he said, I'll play your way. I never had another problem out of him. Three years later, I was coaching high school baseball and he tried out for the baseball team. And whatever I asked him to do, if I needed him to lay down a bunt, he would lay down a bunt. If like whatever he was asked to do, he did it because he understood that this is the way we play. And you have a higher importance to your team to play for the team, not to just play for yourself. And that's lost in youth sports. I, I coached my kids' leagues for several years. And there was one team that whoever the star player on the team was, and that, I mean, I coached against this guy three years in a row. Whoever the star player on his team was, he put that kid out there and just let that kid run wild the whole game. And they would do well because it's, you know, little kid basketball. If there's one kid that's a lot better than all the rest, he's going to do well. I rotated kids out. We tried to run good defenses. We tried to run, like, basic offenses to learn good fundamental principles of the game. That team, other than the one kid who's doing everything, nobody else on that team is learning how to actually play basketball. They're learning how to stand around and give that kid the ball and watch him play. Like, it doesn't build your team. It doesn't build your culture. One, yeah, one and- other... Oh, go ahead, Trey. Yeah, I, I, I was able to coach, uh, you know, like a five-year-old team. Like, you know, yeah, th- these are, these kids are five or whatever, but they, they, you know, it was interesting to watch because, uh, you know, I, I didn't experience nearly the pressure that, the, you know, the older kids experience because, you know, then when they're older, they, they, you know, obviously, like you said, they have expectations like parents have. Uh, when they're younger, not as not as much. They do want their kid to play, but they're not like expecting them to just go in there and score a lot. You know, obviously they lower these goals and everything. Um, but when I'm coaching these five year olds, you know, I just happen to notice that that one of the players was better. And you know, just sometimes I, I would, you know, I would encourage them, you know, like, hey, pass it to him. He's open. Uh, he can go score it. And I mean, and then this kid, this kid could ball at you know five years old. Like he's already, you know, he's going through there. He's dribbling down there pretty well. Like he, you know, I didn't really have to teach him too much. Uh, and he's just dribbling down there, and he he goes up, and, and you know, and, and lays it in the goal, and just does that, you know, over and over again. I mean, the kid scored a, a ton, and let you know, we got, we ended up getting second in that league, um, you know, and and honestly, if he if he had just, you know, been able to hit a couple more shots, we probably would have won the championship. But uh, you know, he it, I, it was difficult for me because I you know I had to kind of pull myself back because uh, you know I'm a different perspective uh being being the coach you know than a player but i was definitely trying to trying to look at it and try to be like okay well you know what how does this system work and how how does it rotate and how does it manage uh with uh all these different kids and how they play and you know trying to make sure that we we have a system in place where i could try to try to corral some five-year-olds to pass the ball back and forth to each other and you know it just seemed to work but but it was because you know, I, I definitely wasn't trying to like tell them like, Hey, this, you know, this kid is the only kid you pass the ball to just pass it to him. And he's going to score it. I told him, Hey, pass it, you know, pass it. Like, you know, they, they get, they get on another kid gets on them and you know, pass it. And that was kind of the, the strategy, I guess, you know, was like, okay, if, if I can teach these kids to pass the ball and we have good one good kid who is really good at scoring the ball, eventually they're going to pass it to him and he's going to be able to score the ball. Like that was, but but like that that has to that has to come naturally like you can't you can't force it and i think what we're seeing with a lot of this is a forced uh structure of this player is the star we're going to force him he's going to be the only thing that we that we pass the ball to like we pass the ball to him every time and and then 
he's going to run the whole system itself. Like the coach is irrelevant. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, you know, it's about star player and, and what, you know, what we can, what pieces we can have on the board uh, as far as the players, not necessarily about the structure of the system of, of, bas- of the basketball program itself. And I think that's, that's where some of this is, is coming into play. One thing that uh, we've identified here, and, and I'll just point out the irony is that, um, you know, some of us on, on this, uh, th- this chat right here might, might be, you know, more inclined for a less democratic society, you know, more, maybe more towards, you know, a hierarchical, um, you know, uh, I, I guess you could say if, if, whether it's monarchy or, you know, ruled by the aristocrats, which is which is what it really is. Anyhow. Natural elites, natural elites. There we go. Um, we have all, you know, experienced a situation in which we felt like we have been mistreated by uh, the leader that, you know, Trey, you've talked about it with your coach and, you know, Justin, you alluded to it. And guess what? When I was in high school, I felt like my coach my junior year misplayed me. And, you know, in, in, in retrospect, I was probably, uh, you know, very immature. And then guess what? I, I get that, uh, I get that dose of medicine, you know, back 10 times when I was a coach, you know, because I had to kick off players and, and I had players that thought that they were, you know, all state and, you know, they, they weren't getting with the program. So I ran players off, you know, good players and, and mediocre players all, all the same. And, and so I, I guess what I would just like to, to the paint right here is is that a society is only going to be as good uh, as uh, the leaders that it has. You know, we I, I think the tendency a lot of times is is that when we have bad leaders, we want to we want to democratize it, or we want to say, well, let let's take a vote. You know, one of those type of things. And and the moment in which it gets to you know this mob mentality, uh, it's already uh, it's. It's just a matter of time before the whole system breaks down, which is not to say that you can have a, a, a good society or even a good team, you know, when you have a, a bad leader or a, a bad elite. So all of this is, is really predicated upon, uh, you know, natural elites, natural leadership that, that is competent. And if, if they're not competent, if they can't do the job, they're going to be replaced or they should be replaced um, and, and, and it generally in sports, you know, there's only so many five win seasons that you're going to be able to uh, endure, whether it's your fault or not as a coach, uh, before you are uh, replaced. And I think the, the same goes, you know, for a society that is, you know, coming apart at the seams uh, in, in various ways. So I, I just wanted to point that, uh, that, that little bit of irony out. I'm going to be pretty soon uh, making a move on whether I want to coach my kids. uh, Well, my daughter, you know, she's going to turn five. And I I don't know if I want to be a a coach for the, you know, I don't know if I can just sit. I'm about to enter the realm that you guys have been into a little bit. Uh, You know, I've coached the beer league stuff. and That's it, man. It's just for fun and and all that. But but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, uh, how I play it. uh, in those leagues, you're just not also managing the the little kids. You're managing the parents, you know. So I would know that right off the bat that the parent is putting so much into. There's some parents that think that their kids are gonna, when they don't know what it really takes to be like an elite player that go, makes it professional and all that shit, and they're they're thinking that they have a ticket to. Uh, who knows, man? But who knows what they're thinking? But uh, uh, for sure, for my. 
uh, uh, perspective is uh, I'm going to make it fun, you know, that uh, uh, that the kids are going to be engaged. If I have a team, the kids are going to be engaged because at the end of the practice, we have to do some shit that's fun that keeps them wanting to come to practice to make sure that even though they're going to trust me to, I'm going to have to actually almost get to their level of like, I don't know, I've thought of different ideas, but I've thought like of fun, fun ideas where they, they, they bring me down a notch at the end of the, you, you know, to, 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 so I can just look at them right in the eyes in a way, and then they'll trust me. I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this shit, but like, uh, I am, uh, 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 I don't know if I want to do it yet because, you know, what happens if my daughter, you know, sucks, you know, you know, and then if she sucks, well then of course, if I, if, if I, if I start something like a league, not a league, a, a team or I was a coach or whatever, yeah, I'm going to finish it off. I'm going to, I'm going to finish it off because I entered it. But, um, you know, then you have to manage it different, you know, and, and then I have to, then, then it goes into if, if, if a kid sucks or not, well then just teach them to be good, a good little kid of character, you know, and all that stuff. Like Justin's story about that kid, he was good at sports, but then he learned something important, you know, it'd be interesting to know Justin, whatever happened to that kid, if, if, if he still remembers you and remembers some of that shit, um, uh, that, 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 that you push back on, but, uh, but, you know, so I'm going to enter that world. So, uh, for sure on my podcast i'll be letting I, i'll be definitely talking about some of that as i as i get into that uh some of our the, the same kids that are the same age uh some of the parents have asked like oh are you gonna do it or hey you you know i'm already coaching a team you want to coach you want to bring your daughter over here and i'm just like no you know uh, i'm gonna wait and see you know but i have a lot of responsibility you know i have a i built a fucking stadium in my backyard man so like uh, i have a lot of like responsibility to be like okay, like, uh, you know, hey, you have the facility to practice. Your kids should be good or not, you know. Uh, I ain't going to put that kind of pressure on my daughter. I just want her to be a good person. It is tough when your kid ends up sucking. <laughs> my, <laughs> I, my son, God bless him, he is not super athletic, at least not basketball-wise. He, he is a natural baseball player, but from a basketball perspective, he's, he's tall, he's big. He should have like everything that you would expect. He is no good at all. And it sucks. It hurts a little bit. Um, but, but I, you know, I don't treat him when he was playing. I didn't treat him any different than, than the other kids who also sucked. Like everybody is, we're all trying to learn together and, and some kids will, some kids learn and some kids don't and it, you know it's it's a tough uh, it's kind of a tough thing to to come up against. I, I got the I got the unique opportunity to coach a, a homeschool league team uh, here for a couple years. And the second year we had a set of twins that when we started the season they couldn't throw a beach ball in the ocean. And by the end of the season they could they could get the beach ball in the ocean every once in a while. Like they, they were still not, they, you know, they weren't sinking any three pointers, but they could hit a layup, uh, you know, at least half the time. And that was a huge accomplishment. And I would have other kids and they played on the JV and I'd have other kids on the JV that'd be like, we could win this game. Like, why do you have them in? Why, why aren't we in? Like, well, number one, it's a JV game. I don't care if we win or not. You're going to play in the varsity game. They're not. I want them to get game experience and to learn. And the great thing about those kids is I would ask them after the game, like, all right, what did we do well? 
and what did we suck at? And those kids knew. They knew what they did wrong every time. Like they could tell you, well, I had this and I missed this. I had this defensive assignment and I lost my guy. I, like they knew what they did. So they were learning. Like they were they were growing. It was it was coming together up here, even if it wasn't coming together on the court, you know. And that's what you want to see is you want to see that improvement with the kids, whether they're it, it's baby steps with, you know, with that uh, with that caliber of a player. And then, you know, you have higher expectations for the varsity. Like if the varsity is missing those same things, well, then we have other problems. Like now we've got to start looking at personalities and egos. I, I had a kid that it was the end of a close game and he was my best scorer. And I set him on the bench for the last four minutes of the game because he wouldn't play defense. He's like, and his, his dad got mad at me and he didn't play the following year because of it. Uh, his dad kept him off the team because I wouldn't play him in that game. Like he doesn't play defense. Like, okay. He scores every time down court. He's letting his guy score when they come back. They, we have to have stops or we're not going to make up the point differential here. So I don't care how good a scorer he is. He will not put forth any effort to play defense. And until he shows me that he is willing to put forth effort to play defense, he's going to sit on the bench because he's a liability on the court. And some kids, and some parents can't accept that. And so you'll be the bad guy in that case. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you uh, you have to learn to live with. And, and I think going back to the societal thing, if in like in society, Jonathan had talked about this earlier, like the ones who are the, the loudest and the, the most out, you know, uh, the most forthright about everything and the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, so to speak. In society, that's what we're seeing now. Is the ones who are the loudest get their way. Like nobody's willing to stand up and say, "I'm sorry, but you are okay. You're loud. Sorry, go sit on the bench." Like, yeah, you know. the things you're doing are wrong. Like, <laughs> I'm. It's terrible that you feel like you've been, uh, you know, that you're being oppressed or whatever. But such is life. Like, you know what, man? You're oh. willing to change unless you're willing to change your behavior as well to to make it a better situation for yourself. Then you just need to go sit on the bench. And we it, don't have we don't have the natural elites. We don't have the leaders who are willing to say that it's whoever makes the most noise is going to get whatever they want. So they'll shut up. Uh, yeah. And, and that's that's sort of like what I what I was describing, the situation that, that I got to see play out you know, live is is, is these. You know, these parents will come and, and they'll they'll whine and, and, you know, they get they get their way and they can just usurp the whole order of, of everything because then, you know, the, the coach doesn't have to listen. But, it, you know, as far as it, it goes, the sports, the reason that they're so integrated, especially into American culture is because they used to really have a primary function of teaching children discipline. And once you can get the children disciplined, then they can they can branch off. They can be creative. They can do whatever. But they need that discipline first to, to have some grounding in, in some sort of reality. And there, there are other ways to get that discipline. I know, like, you know, if, if they if they're very good at music and they, they want to be part of the band, uh, that, that's that's another way to be disciplined. But if you if you have things like even like the band, if the band breaks down, you know, all of a sudden you know, the band members are walking on the field and one person decides to, that, that, that they want to run forward and they knock the other tuba player down. And, and all of a sudden you have this whole, you know, catapult of, of, of people falling on the field. Um, you know, that's a, that's a completely different thing, but, but it's still the same, same concept of discipline. Uh, and, you know, it's something like 
that I've been having trouble with my son because he, he he does want to talk back. He does want to act out. Uh, he's four years old, and I understand that. You know, I, I have to you know ma- like manage my expectations. But whenever I'm trying to go out there and I'm trying to throw him a ball, you know, the kid can't catch anything. Oh my! He can't catch anything. Like he's I know he's four, but I I have seen four years old four year olds uh, who can like. You know, they're they're pl- full on like they look like pro baseball players. So I mean, this kid just can't catch. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, have to keep working on it though. But it's discipline about it. It's it's, it's getting him out here, here and teaching him. Okay, we're gonna do it again. Uh, you know, and he doesn't like it. He 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 gets really upset about it sometimes. But I tell him no. Like we we need to stop. We're we're gonna try. You're gonna get over there. I'm gonna roll the ball to you. You're gonna catch it, or and you're gonna be prepared. And and that's. That's just you know continuing that cycle of getting that discipline down. Like okay, we're we're gonna go through the, these drills. We're gonna do this do this thing, and it's some standard of of uh, expectation that for for both them and for me, because then it puts me in the situation of, of like managing myself too, um, which which I don't always do a good job of. You know, but but it's it's something you have to ma- like manage yourself, and it you know it's a t- teaching and learning lesson for both of us. Yeah. Trey makes a great point about the discipline aspect of, uh, of sports. My, my father told me, uh, I can remember him telling me this at an early age, you know, uh, American life uh, or even like pre-industrial life, you know, kids, uh, you know, kids were on the farm. We live in an agrarian society. So, you know, they would have chores, you know, milking the cows, uh, you know, cleaning up the brush from, you know, around the house and so forth. So there were things that they had to do uh, to be disciplined and understand, you know, how to make their household uh, or their 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 homestead, um, you know, work and be successful. But once once we became so automated uh, as a society, you know, there, there was this gap. And so sports sports is really, really important uh, for our youth. I, I, I believe that uh, because, you know, these kids need to have something to teach them. You know, like like you were talking about these these virtues, you know, of of discipline, uh, of teamwork, of honoring uh, uh, leadership, uh, you know, so so to speak. Like if the coach tells you to do something, you do it, even if you disagree with it. Uh, there's there's a time and a place where you have to, you know, honor what what an adult uh, tells you to do. And uh, once and and unfortunately, because you know. Some of our youth sports have, have become corrupted because, because it has become all about winning and it's become all about, you know, the glorification of somebody's ego uh, in some instances. Uh, that, that, that really spoils um, uh, the experience for, for a lot of kids. So what, what I would say is, is that, you know, at, at very early ages, you know, obviously I don't think that, that winning should be the be-all, end-all. Uh, but but also like to be competitive is the point of of sports. And so that there is a fine balance between we want to play the game, but we're not going to, um, you know, just corrupt everything, you know, so that we can, you know, win a medal uh, or, or something, because there is value in playing a role. And not every kid is going to be the star kid. Uh, and, and it's, you know, by the time you get into high school and you start playing varsity basketball, like all of that, uh, equal playing times out the door, you know, because you're, you're, you're playing to win. And there's, there's value in learning 
that sometimes I'm the best at one sport and then other times, like I'm not very good. So I'm, I'm being uh, the, the good teammate uh, and having those varied experiences, I, th- I think is important. So I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you guys think about that. Well, what I would say is that I didn't, uh, discipline wasn't very uh, much uh, pushed uh, when I was in youth sports, but what was pushed was uh, 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 learning how to win and lose. So in learning how to win and lose, it really just taught me that, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. And it was okay if you lost, as long as you tried your best, you know. And uh, you know what? Discipline wasn't very, it's almost like if, uh, man, I don't know, I'd have to ask my dad, you know, like, uh, why didn't you really teach me how, you know, because I probably could have been better if I had more discipline uh, in a lot of my, in a lot of my skills, you know, I was good at soccer, you know, but, but I could have been better uh, when I see these videos of what these kids are doing now to get better. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, nobody, you know, forced me to do all that shit. You know, I just was, uh, I guess I was just taught, like, if you won, you always respected your opponent. You always told them good game. You always told, you know, and, and if you lost, you respected your opponent, you always tell them good game, you know, and, 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 and um, that was emphasized more to me. Uh, I don't know. I was as I was listening to you talking, I was trying to gather my thoughts. I was trying to think like what that did for me uh, 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 in life and, and or, or 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 how it built me as a as a person. And um, I guess what, what came to 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 my thinking was just that. I don't know, man, I guess it it, it just meant that um, that that. Being the underdog. Made victory just taste a lot better, man. <laughs> I don't know, man, like uh, the underdog story for me. Uh, so if I knew I was on the team that was supposed to lose, man, it made me just be more competitive, you know? So the so my dad didn't tell me be more competitive, you know, just by learning how to win and lose, then I would just put myself, if I was in the losing team, then, or if I was in the in the team that should lose, it just made me more competitive. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, um, and that competition still goes to now. So like, I'm always very competitive about everything. So it probably just fed into my natural uh, uh, way of just being competitive just to learn how to win and lose. And um, and if I was on the side that was probably favored, then I was going to try to be a good a good winner or, 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 you know, win the game. And if I And if I lost, then I would be like, man, shit. You know, I would, you know, you guys, you got, you guys beat the, the, the top ones, man. Like, uh, man, you, you guys are fucking feeling good, right? Well, I feel good for you that you feel good. You know, that's good for you, man. Like that you guys fucking that, beat us right? and we, like, we were favored, you know, good shit, man. That, that's good on you, you know, and it makes everybody better, you know? So I guess, you know, discipline wasn't, wasn't forced, but just learning how to win and lose, like literally learning how to win and lose. You know, and, and that's what's more emphasized. So I don't know, man, I just freestyled a little bit. There is something to be said for that because a lot of a lot of kids these days don't get the experience of losing. Losing is a valuable teacher, uh, or it should be anyway. And that's something that in today's society... More valuable than winning. Because if, if you, you know, from your losses, actually, um, I think, I think was it a Teal speech that I was listening to or, or something like that? It, it sounds like something that would be out of a Teal speech. But basically... Like you, you're going to learn much more from your failures than your successes because you're going to have more failures in, in life. 
And so th those those kind of learning circumstances, you're you're going to take away a lot more from losing than you are winning because all winning taught taught you like the, the by the you know the act of winning, it taught you that you were better than the other people, and that that's all that it said is I'm better. Uh, or our team is better than the other team. It doesn't teach you, you know, well, what did I, what mistakes did I make? What, what did I, what, how did I execute poorly on this? Uh, there, there's no greater, you know, teacher than the act of losing and failure. And I watched, I watched a lot of tape, like being able to, to look at your own mistakes and your own failures and, and to find what you did wrong. Uh, I think for me that, created that discipline because I wanted to be better. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to, like, I wasn't going to get burned on that same coverage the next time I was going to know what, what that lineup looked like. And, and like for me as a, as a safety, if the ball was in the air, it's either mine or it's nobody's there. There are no completed passes when I'm on the field. I, uh, I think I was tied for first in the region uh, for interceptions and, and, first for total takeaways uh, like if the ball is up it's my ball you don't you don't get passes on me and like creating that competitive edge but also like creating that discipline i, I played college basketball you have to be disciplined for that uh, at least you know when i was playing you did I, it's uh it's definitely a different game these days but and and i tried to explain that to my last year coaching the uh the homeschool league i had a couple kids that were they were very good. They probably could have played like D3 ball or NAIA ball. And and they asked me about it. They were like, "What? so what do we need to do to play? It's like, well, you're going to have to be more disciplined. You're lazy and sloppy. Like we practice three days a week. Uh, if you go play at, at the collegiate level, you practice six days a week. And you have study hall twice a week. And you have weights once a week. And like your practices are not an hour, hour and a half long, like ours are. They're two or three hours long. Like you have to be disciplined. You have to get your cardio up. You have to hit the. You have to hit the gym and start lifting weights. And you have to find a regimen that you are doing these things every single day. Because once you get to that level, you don't have a choice. You are going to be doing them every single day. And they didn't want to do it. Like that was, that was too much, uh, you know, practice three days a week was too much for them. They they definitely weren't committed to that level of, of discipline. And I mean, it's, it's a shame, but I see that more and more with younger, the younger generation today. And, and maybe it is because it's a different game than what it was when I played, but, but at the end of the day, you still have to have that level of, or a level of high end discipline to, to go beyond, like once you get from this level to this one, you have to be more disciplined. You have to be more committed. And to get from this level to this one, you have to be even more so. And uh, yeah, and it's that's something that's that has to come from within. It's, it's like I can't force them to do that. They have to have the the willingness and the desire to do that. And and in society, I think. Uh, these days, there's a lot less of a willingness and a desire to do it, and more of a um, be that be that squeaky wheel and get the grease. Do you think, Justin, that um, learning how to win and lose for if that comes first, 
the discipline comes next or does the discipline have to be first and then you learn how to win and lose? Because now I'm starting to figure out my philosophy for teaching these five-year-old kids how to play, you know, like, uh, you know, now I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm asking, okay, and I'm asking you, you know, you know, what do you think? And is discipline first or is it learn how to win and lose first? I think for kids, it's going to be on an individual basis. Some kids are going to learn from and get more out of learning how to win and lose. And other kids, it's going to be they need the discipline and the structure so that they can build from that. Um, so it's like you can't really you can't really uh, boil that down to like one philosophy. It, it has to be in a and that's kind of the that's kind of the pop thing. Right. Like every player on that team was treated with an equal level of fairness. But they all, it was a different thing for each of them, right? Like he didn't, he didn't manage Tony Parker the same way that he managed Tim Duncan, the same way that he managed Manu Ginobili, like this, or the same way that he was managing Bruce Bowen, or uh, you know, the Stephen Jackson, yeah, the guy or the guy at the end of the bench who would play, you know, when he was giving all the rest of them the day off, like you know, they're all being managed equally but individually. No, but hold on, but hold on. Uh, but at the kid level, because remember these kids, then we want them, they're part, they become characters in our society, right? I'm asking like, what is more important at a five-year-old level to really teach them discipline or to teach them how to win and lose? Because what's, teach, what becomes on the, to, because you're not really trying to manage every, I know you're trying to manage every little, every little kid differently, at but that not age, really, because they're just playing around, man. They're picking, they're, they're looking for fucking crickets, dude, on the floor. Yeah. But you know, I mean, they're at not. At that age, he, he, teach them how to be good teammates. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, then I'm, you know, I was just asking, you know, I, I'm trying. If they can learn how to work together as with each other and just get along, then then you're gonna have wins and losses, and then you learn the lessons from those, and and when you you know, when you start learning the lessons from those, then you learn how to be more disciplined. But it teaching them how to be good teammates, which there is a level of discipline involved in being good teammates. So, you know, they're going to, those, I guess maybe the discipline is going to go first to an, to, to an extent, but yeah, teach them to be good teammates. And then once they are good teammates, they, they can be a, a cohesive unit to some extent, you know, as much as five-year-olds can, I mean, you're, you're effectively hurting cats, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the extent that you can get those cats to go in the same direction, once you've got them doing that, then then they build that together, and then the rest of that you can build on top of that. Yeah, can I tell you guys a, a story about uh, when I went into uh, when I got interviewed by the FBI for uh, uh, having to uh, 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 I know you discuss what 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 I had to discuss about uh, oh no no that's hey, that's obvious but though hey uh when I uh uh when my when my youth soccer coach uh ended up getting in trouble for uh like uh, embezzling money and all kinds of shit and all that stuff right uh but uh this is a funny story man uh the the uh, I was good at soccer you know what you know I'm sure that you guys know this like you were in one team in in youth in youth sports that played all the sports right it was uh what was it well it basically it was just soccer baseball and basketball those were the three sports that at least that we played you played in the same team right and i was good at soccer i i didn't try to play baseball good i i enjoyed just talking shit from the bench you know all that shit uh you know uh you know uh real quick real real quick you know i was like get up to bat a little fucking kid hit me with a ball on the helmet i was like 
wait a minute, I gotta trust this motherfucker to not hit me in the head again? Nah, fuck all that shit. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, and then uh, in basketball, I just, there was just better players. Like, I really knew my role at an early age. I didn't, but you know, your parents, my parents, they'll go out there and stuff. And I guess they might've spoken up like, oh, why isn't my kid playing? Uh, I didn't tell them I wanted to play those sports. In soccer, I was the starter, right? You know, starter, the best player on the team, all that shit, you know, all that stuff. But I guess the coach ret uh, retaliated and uh, he didn't play me on a game. And my dad spoke up and said, hey, we get it over there. But like uh, on this one, why are you benching him? And I guess the the coach, that that coach, you know, he had the power. He had the hierarchy. He he, he used his power and he benched me. True story, man. My, uh, my parents then said, you know what? Let's go, right? That was the end of that relationship with that coach. And uh, with this, the coach that I had to, that my dad testified in court for, you know, for like later on, right? Yeah, yeah. That is, <laughs> hey, 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 Vato, hey, hey, you don't talk to a Mexican unless, you know, I'm bringing a novella, Vato. I'm telling you right now. That. So, so then um, I remember that day, right? Because we went then to the flea market and that's when I got my uh, my brand new chrome lowrider bike, dude. Damn, that's what they bought me during the middle school, right? A brand new lowrider bike, man. So I remember like... Uh, I was, you know, I just remember like, okay, my parents bought me a lowrider bike and uh, because they didn't want me to feel like it was almost like they didn't want me to feel adult drama shit. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they they, they kind of isolated me from like, you know what, that was adult drama shit. You know what, let's get you a lowrider bike. <laughs> let's get you a lowrider bike. And they're like, hey, we every time we go to HEB in the store, we always see you looking at those magazines, those lowrider magazines. I mean, I was really looking at those big old titties, you know, on those, on those, on those lowrider magazines, but you know, that's fine. Um, but, 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 uh, I remember that. Right. So then later on, we found out that this guy's a contractor and yeah, we start working with them. Like later on, I'm talking about 20 years later and I do all this work from, yeah, it turned out that he wasn't a man of character, right? Even back then he used his power to, to, to do this move to, to like go against the people that are speaking up a little bit against the, you know, the, I wouldn't say injustice of that. I didn't get to fucking play, but I don't know something, right. He used his power to do that. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, 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 I went to the, we went to the FBI office and because, uh, we were doing a lot of work for him and, and, uh, and they were like, how, you know, how is he doing it? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, he pays us pretty good. I don't know what the fuck, I don't know how he's stealing all this money. Anyway, the guy, the, the, the guy, the, the coach that I'm not surprised that the coach that did that back in the day ended up getting like 15 years in federal prison. Right. I mean, I'm not surprised by that stuff. And then. And, and I feel bad because at that time I was more of a <laughs> more, you know, I, I was more partying, like getting drunk. And my dad goes, I'm going to go testify against uh, the coach. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to really go. And I feel bad that I didn't go because I didn't think about it back then that my dad was basically getting them back, you know, for like, the, <laughs> you know, for that for that shit, you know. And uh, anyway, I just, I just side story. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we need better coaches in our society. Right. That's basically, so it might not be about the players, really. The players are like subject to the coaches. The players are a product of the coaches. So like when we have these, like uh, Trey had the, the coach that, was, that, that wasn't that uh, was playing it fair, you know, he probably saw some shit in his life that wasn't fair. And he, so like, yeah, we need better coaches, better managers of people and all that, but yeah, like Justin, like that. I mean, I'm really interested to know whatever whatever happened to that kid, man. Uh, that that one you said that uh, you you taught him. I mean, if you tell me that that bottle's in jail, then uh, you didn't do good enough. <laughs> I do know. So I haven't I haven't seen or talked to him in 
probably 15 years. He he graduated high school and went to college, not on an athletic scholarship. Like he did well in school and went to college. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm going to assume uh, he he turned out all right. Like he. Um, that's important, man. He probably didn't forget that. He won't forget. He doesn't forget who he, he won't forget that, man, that you checked them. You know, some 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 kids got to get checked. The ones like that, man. And and, and and that's important, you know, that, you know, you, you, you know, by doing that, you affected his life. You know, we all know this stuff like good coaches or good teachers and all that stuff, you know, really influence kids uh, for the future. And yeah, I mean, uh, this goes, goes back to like the trophy, like the, what is it called? The participation trophy generation. Right. I mean, uh. Uh, I, I I didn't grow up with that. You know, you got the first place trophies that were bigger, the second and the third, I guess, was the, that I think that's what oh, you got like a little fucking thing. But uh, I didn't grow up in that culture. I mean, in, in that in that time where like every kid got a a, a, a trophy. I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, and, I, and, and I'm actually glad that I that I didn't grow up in that. But I mean, if any of y'all did, man, I mean, I don't know what, you know, that's probably culturally like that right there is probably the big not the beginning. It's a big part of how kids are now, and we were talking about about a society, how these kids don't, uh, yeah, they're in, they feel entitled, right? They feel entitled to a lot of the, they're they feel entitled to victory, when um, when uh, you know, they've never even tasted defeat, you know. Yeah, and they haven't earned it. I I agree with that, Carlos. I I, I call that um, you know, youth sports egalitarianism, you know, where and and also that that ties into this. Uh, this whole effort of like self-esteem where we have to kind of like manage, you know, how everybody feels about themselves. And we're so scared, you know, that a, that a, that a child or a, an adolescent, you know, might have a negative feeling as a result of, or as a consequence of something bad happening. You know, guess what? You know, the, I, I told my daughter this, you know, the other night, like life isn't fair. You know, you, you may have done something and, and you, you expected something to happen but it didn't happen that way sorry like that that's just the way life is and and uh the the key to life is being able to you know work in those spaces where we don't get the anticipated results and having the proper attitude and and, and what, one thing that i would like to add on on this um topic of of coaches you know no matter what age level that you are coaching whether it's five years old or you know a varsity team a coach is a teacher first and foremost um if if you are a coach only coaching to to get wins and to and you know it sounds like i'm contradicting contradicting myself but I, but i don't think uh that, that i am because you know uh, a good coach is a teacher that teaches the fundamentals of the game you know you need to be you need to know at least, um, you know, the basics, uh, the ba how to teach the fundamentals, uh, the basics of the game. And part of that, if, if you are really a good coach, you will be able to teach, um, like, these are all building blocks. Um, you know, in basketball, you dribble the ball up the floor, you've got to be able to dribble, and you've got to be able to dribble with both hands. And People on the wings have to work to get open. You've got to teach, you know, those building blocks. And, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, pass with either hand, move without the ball, all, all of these things. And if you can do that, then there's a point. There's a point to everything, which is the, you know, the point is the objective is we're trying to score. We're trying to win. We're trying to keep the other team, you know, from, from scoring. And, you know, a good teacher is going to be able to kind of paint that, 
uh, paint that picture for, for the kids. But if you're, if you're unorganized, if you don't know what it is that you're talking about, it, it quickly becomes confusing. The kids lose motivation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's where I think a lot of, a lot of coaches just default to saying, well, who's my best player. Here's the ball. Uh, go shoot every time. Well, that that's that's not being a good coach. That's not being uh, a, a good teacher. So I think it all kind of fits in together. Um, and you've got to know your sport. You've got to study the sport. And you know, on top of that, I, I, the last thing that I, that I'll just add right here is, if if you know your sport, you know the fundamentals. You know how to to teach to win the game. There's got to be an overriding purpose. And I think this is what Carlos was talking about. Uh, earlier, maybe it was Justin, you know, how to be a good, how to be a good teammate, you know, what, what is the purpose of, of all of this? And, you know, it can't just be, you know, to win the game and stick it in the other person's face or, you know, I, I see this a lot too, you know, moms and parents will get the picture of, of the kid with the trophy and, you know, brag about the kid and all that. If it's only about that, that's, that's really surface, uh, shallow level. Like there's got to be something deeper uh, that, that we're teaching with the game. And it, it all kind of uh, threads together. That's the way I see it. All right. So let's kind of wind it down and wrap it up. Uh, that was, that was really good. Jonathan with uh, sort of a, a closing thought guys, uh, Trey, Carlos, y'all got anything else to, to add on to that? And we'll kind of, We'll kind of kind of wrap it up with this because that's we've we've covered a lot of things both societally and and in sports and uh, having good leadership and also being good teammates are probably the biggest takeaways and that's you know you can be both you can be a good leader and a good teammate uh, as someone who spent most of my career in management that's that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is like not only am I in charge of leading and and having that responsibility but i am also a part of the team like i i have a job to do and it's uh being successful is vital being successful is relying on me doing my job just the same as it's relying on everybody else doing their job uh so so as a coach as a as a leader you are just as much a part of the team as everybody else who is you know on the team so what else you got i guess uh i guess is a sort of closing thing that i would just say is that uh you know the my whole life i guess from my perspective has been this sort of sequence of uh failed leadership uh whether it be my parents or uh, or the 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 leaders that i that i thought would have been uh the, the people to look to in throughout society whether it be my coaches or teachers or whatever it may be um none of them seem to have the best interest for for me at heart um and, and it's something that's difficult for me to to coming to this age now where i have to be uh, a father and having had a father who was i, I didn't feel like was assertive enough in, in and of himself to to be capable of uh trying to take the leadership role that i believe that he deserved um you know, it's it's something that that I'm trying to wrestle with myself, and it's it's uh, definitely a learning experience. But I, I think that I owe it to my son, and, and I this is where I view it differently. 
and and where I, that I think that it's going to come into play and, and why I feel like I'm more disciplined and uh, more capable in, in as far as that uh, than than my father as far as I'm trying to develop this and uh, and nurture that into being capable of accepting the role of leadership that I, that I need to have in in my family as well as in anything else that I need to do in society. And I, it, it's just the frustrating part of, like you said, we, uh, Jonathan, it's a mu- very much a sort of more egalitarian thing where we see people who are in positions that they don't need to be. Uh, and I'm sure Jonathan, uh, uh, you know, like uh, I'm, well, Justin, uh, I'm sure Justin, you've seen uh, other managers you mentioned before that there are other managers that are not th- like the le- like the leadership that you're trying to portray of being the just leader of trying to make sure that everything is a fair system uh, that, that, that everybody's operating in. You may, you may have favorites, you may have friends, uh, you, you may enjoy certain other people working with you than others, uh, but definitely setting up that fair, fair system for, for everybody is going to make for a better society in that way. Yeah, man. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I just want to close by saying that uh, I do want to be a part of the of uh, uh, a loud voice or a, or, a, or a leader in that I understand that culturally um, sports and politics uh, should be more intertwined if you want to move an agenda that is more uh, uh, based on a, 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 a good foundation of what the average person can uh, grasp onto uh, as far as like an idea. So, uh, yeah, when I when, when I built my my stadium in my backyard, man, I, I started envisioning like, okay, we're gonna have these games. It's gonna be all of the the adults first, but that they have kids. They're gonna bring their kids, and they're gonna see how the culture that I'm uh, 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 setting up here, where uh, 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 everybody needs to play right. Hey, no 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 hard fouls. Be clean. Be this and. And then, of course, those kids are going to learn about the crazy vato that talks about Texas secession. And they're going to start spreading that out to their middle schools and the high schools and all that shit. So, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I know I'm joking around, but I'm not about this. <laughs> I mean, I'm really trying to uh, do what I feel is right for my 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 family, my friends, my culture, my uh, my, you know, uh, my community. And, uh, you know, I live this shit, you know, so, so, you know, uh, self, uh, self plug, you know, check out my podcast. I'm slowly, uh, trying to do, uh, you know, I, I put that in my, in, in my shows and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, check it out. And, 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 and for sure, uh, uh, for anybody that thinks that someone that just gets into sports is a, is like, uh, not smart or something like that. Man, I'd be surprised that uh, a lot of those people that just are only into sports, you know, check out their net worth before you uh, start talking some shit and uh, realize that they have a lot to bring to the table than just like, oh, they're just sports people. You know, they you'd be surprised that just because they don't get into politics and all that. So I want to be somebody that tries to bring uh, a little bit of that sports culture and the political culture together to 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 do something good for my community. Sports is incredibly value, valuable to society and culture. And whether you have a direct involvement in it or not, it has probably impacted your life in some way. And I think that's something that, um, especially in some of the circles that we all tend to run in, uh, sports, is, sports is like this 
dumb thing, but <laughs> but it's really not, and yeah. and it really is incredibly important. And and there are some very deep conversations that can be held around sports and that tie societally back into everything that we see in our day-to-day lives. Guys, thank you very much for joining me. This has been great. Hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Uh, For everybody watching or listening, check back on uh, Monday, or actually you can check back on Thursday, sometime mid-morning. My co-host from the morning after, Dag, is going to be joining me, and we are going to be talking about the failure of fake meat. Um, (laughs) Beyond Meat and Impossible Meat have both seen significant downturns and borderline bankruptcies and we're going to talk about the failure that is fake meat uh so tune in to that on thursday and if you miss it on thursday the podcast version will release on monday in the meantime hope everybody has a great rest of your evening a great week and uh, we will catch you later thanks guys thanks justin don't forget to head over to palomaverdecbd.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, Carlos and Vanessa Abelar and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs, and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more, plus anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to palomaverdecbd.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody.